Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inside Conan. I'm Mike Sweeney. And I'm Jesse Gaskell. Writers on The Conan Show. And every week we have a guest on where, you know, has a connection with The Conan Show. And today is no different. Yeah, we have a great comic who he did his late night debut in 2018. Has been on a couple times since then. Nori Davis. He spoke with us from New York City. He had a lot to say on a lot of subjects. And it was uh, really fantastic. We got into it about some of the barriers for black comics in the stand-up scene and and mm -hmm. his feelings about the protests. And he had a lot of good insights. A lot of good insights and some great advice, too. So here's Nori Davis. So, Nori Davis, welcome to Inside Conan. Thank you for having me. All right, we are Inside Conan, man. We in Coco's head. We are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and you've been a, a Conan insider for a few years now. You did, was your first set in 2018? Yeah. On the show? 2018. Was that your first uh, late night set? Yes. First one oh, nice. ever. If that was your first time, what a dream set you know it was fantastic and the crowd loved you thank you mike yeah i remember that whole yeah. process man getting with jp buck and really was it a, what a was it night set. were you were you nervous oh for sure i was i was definitely nervous but i felt very ready because i was just mm -hmm. like really hammered out that act a lot and i even remember the build to it of like because i came from like the Def Jam type circuit, you know, and Chitlin circuit and also mixing in with the alt scene uh -huh. and the club scene. So it's like, you know, we're we're not too prone about like set up punchline, you know, boom it, it, or like joke joke. It was more like just having act out. So it's just like I really did want to buckle down and like, what is the structure of a joke? Let me get the jokes. Let me get the beats. Let me get the math behind it. And I remember just being so tedious about it and how much hard work it is. It's a lot of hard work. You just and, and then knowing the timing of where you're at and then you get that laugh, you know, how much that laugh, how many seconds that was. And then you move on to the next one. It's just it's all math. It's all math. And that set, it really came together. <laughs> it, it is. That's great. So how wow. So all that work, how far in advance would you say you started preparing for that? Well, let's just say uh your whole life. Yeah, right? Yeah, my whole, whole career. <laughs> my whole yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. Even it, to the beginning, I'll say, like, I've been doing it uh, this year. It's 14. So I say, uh, yeah, like 12 years I've been preparing for that. <laughs> trying to, like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so many uh, unlisted <laughs> YouTube late night sets. <laughs> just right. yeah, yeah. jokes I think that would be good, that would work, and they just never really came together. And then I just said, all right, let me just keep writing. Let me just keep hammering out some good bits. And uh, it finally came together. So, yeah. Well, and it's I always love talking to comics because I think one thing a lot of people don't realize is how much material you have to write to get it down to that five minute set. Because what you're seeing, is, it's not like, oh, I just this is all I wrote. And so I did that. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. you're honing that material for so long, so long, just hammering it away and also taking jokes out and putting more jokes in. Like, you know, just you're really a coach. You really are a basketball coach. You just. Get out, get out the game. All right, you get in the game. You got your LeBron, you got your Westbrooks, <laughs> you got your Derrick Rose. That joke keeps getting injured. And you're like, all right, get out of there. You're not, yeah. you're not being consistent. <laughs> and then you have to you have to get the order down and try to, like jokes you never normally would put together, I have to kind of flow from one to the other. And it's, exactly. it's a lot of work. I know a lot of comics who, like the night before they're doing a TV show, like go to a local club and they do their TV set and it's so regulated and formatted that they're like, I bombed and, and, and they'd be 
terrified to do the TV show the next day because the last memory was some, you know, drunk crowd just kind of staring at them. And then they would kill on TV. It's just a very different. And then they're like, now I can never perform again because I want that to be the last time. (laughs) That's the last time you'll ever remember me. You you took a year off after that set in 2018. (laughs) Like, yo, I am out. I'm not doing this no more. Once you do all the work of getting this TV, yes. it's called a TV set together. Then you've got to kind of practice that. Not, not and sometimes that's tough in front of a club because it's a, almost a different rhythm in a way. It's yeah. more kind of locked down. That's what I want to say, Mike, is like when you're in a club doing that, I would like to do my tea, my late night set in the middle of my set. So if they give me 10 minutes, I would do it in uh, the middle. Like in the beginning, I would start off like it's a normal club set. Because, yeah, you would set yourself right. up for failure if you just go right into your TV uh, set and the audience right. is like, all right, are you going to say hi? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like are you going to acknowledge this person's <laughs> drunk right here? Like, it's Why like, is he calling us Conan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Richie, how you doing, man? I'm not Richie. I'm not Andy. That's, a smart, yeah. that's a smart way to do it. You yeah. just yeah, pile it in the smart. middle. Like because that. I remember seeing that and it's just like, it, it does give you an off feeling and you do feel right. off-putting. And, you, and that's the worst thing. You don't want to go into a set being all off-put like, and feeling low. Like, damn, that shit didn't really right. hit as much as I thought it would hit. And then you go on TV and it will kill. And then sometimes you see, uh, I heard from other comics where you have a TV audience where they're, they are, they're all right. But you're like, look, this is being taped. So fucking perform. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I used to do the warm-up for late night way back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And a lot wow. of my friends who are comedians would come on and I would know before the show started, some crowds are great and some I'm just like, oh, this is, this is not. Would you yeah. tell them? Would you give uh, them a no, warning? I, I, well, that's, <laughs> that's a hard thing with a comedian. Like sometimes yeah. if a comedian knows the crowd sucks, it gives them great power to know that so that they know it's not them. Yeah. Like a lot of times comics who go on first in a club, if it's a bad crowd, they come off feeling awful. Mm-hmm. And then the third or fourth comic who knows they're bad kind of goes in with guns blazing. Yeah. Yep. And so a cleanup crew. Yeah. Yep. But on the other hand, like someone's about to do a TV show. I didn't want to like, I'd worried it seemed like trying to psych someone. Out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like tell, tell someone it's a, that's really awful too. So I kind Nori, of. Nori, would you really, want to know? Uh, it's really not even your job, Mike. Cause I, I feel like the comic is there. So they'll see like, oh, this crowd's going to be type of hard or. Right. So it's like, they have to make it, their adjustments. They have to protect. It's all about protecting your ego. That's what it is. It's like, all right, man, don't get your feelings right, hurt. Right. Just drive through there. Right. What I would like to know, Jesse, I, I would, I would, I would be there and see that. And I'm just like, all right, so just. Have confidence in your joke, and then you have to have that type of energy of like, look, man, this is my moment. I would love you guys to join it and not fuck you it up. You guys aren't going to ruin this <laughs> Exactly, for me. you're not. Yeah, <laughs> just like the classic Bernie, Mo- Bernie Mac. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. You know, that, right. that's that's every comics plateau, no matter what color you are. Like, you know right. that story. Like, Bernie, that was like one of the greatest sets of his career in the beginning where the crowd was like horrible and you know, but they were booing people off right before him. And then he's like, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. And then he set the president and then killed. Oh, it's, wow. it's to have that type of confidence and that type of leisure just to go in there like gung ho, like fuck y'all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, so Mike, you it, can do the best you can, but after that it's like, look man, this, this is the business, go ahead, go for it. Even though you're on a TV show and it, there's all these landmines within that one hour you're waiting to go on. Like oh, yeah. I've seen comics who are going, you know, they go on at the end of the show usually. And like, you know, Jim Carrey was the lead guest. This crowd's already heard this, you know, yeah. uh, comedian kill. And I, I would always be like, oh man, I, I'd feel so bad if I was a comic right now, just <laughs> having to, like, you kind of want to have, you know, newscasters or really serious guys on before you go on. I, so you kind of. Well, oh yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, that you have a guest. I, I haven't done it that long to like experience that, but that must be. I, I guess you really just have to like just believe in yourself. Like, all right, yeah, you can have yeah. whoever you have, yeah, and believe you can follow anybody. Like, they can have yeah. Kevin Hart on, and he kills. And all I gotta know is like, well, look, this is my time. This is my slot. You know, this is my buffet dish. But, uh, Let me just be the best macaroni and cheese in this fucking <laughs> buffet dish I can be. Yes. So people remember, like, <laughs> right. that was a, yeah, man. I always loved turkey, but damn, that was some good mac and cheese. And that's <laughs> where I try to keep my confidence at, and I try to keep and believe in myself right there. You're right, Mike. Like, there's just so many landmines I could just throw you off, and it's just all distractions. 
That's distractions. I love that Bernie Mac story. If a crowd senses any fear, they just like they want you to be in charge. Yeah. And if they think you're Mm not totally in charge, all of a sudden they're they lose their confidence Mm -hmm. in you. I know know? it's such a trust. uh, It's it's basically I I feel like a stand up. We are a player and the crowd is our instrument. But our instrument has an emotion. So a saxophone will be like, hey, you ain't playing me with confidence. And then they'll just destroy its own weed on you or some shit. And then it's <laughs> so you bucking, have to like, it doesn't, yeah. Really like, like no, you, you were mine, saxophone. Come on, baby. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the saxophone could feel you like, are you not, are you not believing in yourself? Like, ah, fuck this. I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm going to squeak. I'm going to squeak right now. Yeah, or, or a violin. I'm, you know what? This string's going to plop. It's like three strings just plop away. Or like they, they just break. Yeah, man. So it's uh, that set was great. Like I always love Conan, man. Like I, I love you guys. You always hold me down, gave me the opportunity, and um, I never forget that. I just never forget that. It made me feel like you guys are the first people to give me that stamp. Like you're a stand-up. That's what you do. You know wow. when you get that. Le- you know what that means, Mike, right? You get that late night title. Like you're official. <laughs> no, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, but it's great because you were doing stand up for so long and you were in clubs. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the comedy scene when you were coming up. Where did you start in New York? Yeah, I started in New York at the Comic Strip Live in college. I went to Pratt Institute. So like 20, 20 uh, 2006. And I took a class, D.F. Sweetler. <laughs> <laughs> D.F. Sweetler is my uh, my teacher. <laughs> so, All right. So my, you, you two have a similar sensibility. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I, I remember him, man. He was he was dope. He was one of those guys. that's just like I would go up there and just start cursing. And then he's just like, all right, where's your joke? <laughs> that's all nice. But where's your joke? And I was oh, like, wow. OK. So he taught me structure, mm. set up punchline. From there, I just I, I think I'm the class that came up in the I'm the bringer show generation. Right. Yep. It's like, oh, you want to perform? You've got to bring two friends and they have to pay a minimum and mm-hmm. drink two drinks. That bring would have taken me right out of it. Family. Oh, dude. Ugh. Yeah, man. We, but that's how much we I, wanted it. They, I mean, that yeah. was, that was, I guess, the capitalism of comedy. Like it was, everybody wanted to do it so much. It's a, it's like a multi-level marketing scheme. Exactly. Right? That was, the, that was the pyramid. The pyramid, pyramid yeah. yeah. Comedy clubs are all in this pyramid scheme. Yeah. And My was, family hates me. I literally could not have done it. I would have oh. just been like, oh, well, this is not for me. Dude, I drained I my mom, my family, <clears throat> my uh, my friends. And my mom would bring her, like, she's a teacher, so she would tell other teachers oh, to boy. come. But I felt so bad about it, so I just, like, you know. When I started doing stand-up, I also did bringer shows. And was it like this for you where if, depending on how many people you brought, that was the position you got to go in the night? Like, the more people you brought, the more premium spot you got. Exactly. And if you only brought two people, you had to either go first or last. Yeah, that's the same formula. And if you brought a yeah. lot of people, they would have you go last. So, like, you know, you are right. the headliner. And if you didn't bring uh, any, then you're, like, begging to get on. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't have anybody. And that they would punish you. You wouldn't get on. Because uh, the whole thing of it was really trying to, like, get into the club. It was the whole thing of, like, I'll get into the club this way. And also, I can get, I build a new tape. Remember that? Let me get a tape. And right. I think I, yes. I was starting to come up in like DVDs of like CDRs and then like, fuck it, I got a CD minus uh, plus R. So their DVD didn't take that <laughs> one. I was like, fuck, man, I, I have a whole trough of plus R's. Y'all don't take this? So I had to run back to, to, to back Best to Buy or radio, radio Shack. Yeah, Office yeah. Max and get minus R's, all these plastic circle ninja yeah. stars. And I have... I- so many sets of like minus art comic strip or blah blah blah. And oh boy. <laughs> the comic strip had that yeah, you could just pop it in and record yourself. Mm-hmm. That one, Gotham. Comics. Remember comics in New York City? I yes, I do. Yeah. Comics, that one. And um yeah, and, and you know the seller and all those other clubs. They were like the like one day yeah. I'll get up there. But mm-hmm. yeah, just bumming around, uh not bumming around, slumming around, bring a show, bring a show, and then after that. I stopped and then I just started doing the grueling open mics and then being funny and making friends. And, and then you start building this camaraderie and this community of like, yo, perform here. All right, perform here. Yeah. Oh, you're funny, man. Why don't you come do my show? All right, why don't you do your show? And blah, blah, blah. And then you just, you just start building. We've talked about this on the show, how important that camaraderie is when you're starting out. And yeah. 
meeting like-minded people who want to be doing the same thing. And it's such an important support group. And yeah, you guys start helping each other out, don't you think? I mean, I I always found other comedians to be very generous in terms of wanting to help each other. I felt like we're all in it together. We're all in it together. Sometimes like in a... Like in the black community, it's more of like there can only be one, you know, like Highlander. It can only be one. (laughs) (laughs) But in in reality, we're all in this together. We're all fans of this and we all have our own voice. So let's just like do the best we can. And then the competition should only be within ourselves, not with you or the other person. It's just like, look, I love doing this. You love doing this. Let's come together and try to figure it out. And there's one thing I have to give you yeah. a, a compliment on. You're running on. your own race. Exactly. I want to give you a compliment on the Conan people. Because I remember like they used to say, there was that error. I think it was like 2019, 2018. Like the Conan writers, they're all, they just have nothing but white writers and just Dion Cole. And I would defend y'all because I remember doing the Conan Presents, the festival, and seeing all you guys perform. You guys are all white, but you all have different voices. <laughs> Different white voices. Different white voice. Like it's nobody's the fucking same. Nobody's the same. Um, the bald headed dude uh, that just the one line is he was on Letterman. Brian Kyle. Kyle yes, yeah. him. And then the other yeah. that just like the the voices and the uh, he does the the theater type. I, when I did uh, uh, Andre yeah, Dubuchet is amazing. Yes, like all you guys are fucking amazing. I was just like, this is. I was laughing at everybody. <laughs> like it, it, it didn't feel. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let, let's talk. I mean, just going back to something you said earlier, you said you felt like there can only be one. I mean, tell us, first of all, you can be general about your experience of being a black man in comedy, mm-hmm. but also like, what are some of the barriers that black comics face? Like, are does it feel like there's a limit on the number of black comics that can be on certain shows? Of course. Um, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, limit. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of limit. They feel like if they have one act or even one black woman or one black man, there's this Caucasian math where it's like one black person equals three white people. So if you have <laughs> one black person, that's like, that's a lot of people. It's just right. like, it's just one dude. Nah, that's, that's three. That's three white people. That's too much. So they feel like, and they also well, the comedy feel like we're all the same. <laughs> exactly. They, and yeah, so what I always dealt with is like, it'll just be me as the feature and the headliner will be uh, somebody white. Or if they have a black headliner, then that headliner won't want to have a black feature. So they'll move me down to host so I can host the show. So it's spread out. Or sometimes I dealt with um, a black headliner going through my material. Like, what do you talk about? Like, oh, I talk about technology. I don't, don't talk about that. That's what I talk about. Uh, it was like, well, it's the same, it's the same, wow. same shit, right. bro. Like, they pay right. tickets to see you. There's that. I don't know if white comments go through that, but I definitely experienced that between our own right. community because they, they have to feel like, look, if I'm going to be the only black guy here, I'm going to be the black guy. Where it's just like, it don't even be, be like, it's just like, you the funniest motherfucker. Just be the funniest dude. I'm the feature. All I do, all I do is pass out appetizers, bro. That's all I do. You the entree. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I, that's the way I always thought about stand up right. within that uh, realm. But yeah, it's it's that system. I, I guess it goes back to we can go back to slavery, the mandingo of like you know seeing brothers uh, wrestle each other f- to make master feel proud of. Like I'm the winner, you know. That was the classic scene in um, Django, mm. you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio. That that that's the right. type of mentality yeah. that coming into the industry, like it, there can only be one. I'm not going to have one of y'all. Y'all have to go against each other. It's still embedded within our DNA, which we need to get that out of like, look, we all here. We all brothers. We all have different voices. We all have different experiences. We just need to find a way how you do yours, you do mine. And we good. That's it. Doesn't have to be a competition. Well, yeah, like you said, it's sort of the system is making you compete when really the, the you have a common, I don't want to say enemy, but it's like mm-hmm. it. If you were able to join forces, maybe that's more mm-hmm. powerful like the, than the antagonism. Exactly. It does go back to that system. I'm always trying to figure out ways. It depends on the, the person you're going against, how, where they came up and how they were raised. I mean, I am competitive, but I'm more competitive with myself. And I also want to like say something that's memorable, right? So I can, because in the end of the day, it is a business. We are in this capitalist country. It's like, hey, these are my jokes. This is what I... And then people are like, oh, I want to come see your show. So it all depends what you want. And all I ever wanted was like, look, I just want to have enough jokes that pay these bills. 
I've been doing that. Great. So now the rest is like, all right, how can I progress my uh, career even more and like do another special? Or like, what am I going to say? Like, that's why, like the Conan said, you said that I love that set because I wanted to talk about, all right, let me talk about toxic masculinity. Nobody's talking about that. Let me see if I can tackle that. Let me take something that hurts so much yeah. that's not been uh, talked about in our culture, in our society and turn it on its head and find some laughter through that pain that everybody's going through. That was a really funny bit. Thanks. Man. Yeah. Funny, but also yeah. like it, you know, you're, you have a good message and you're, yeah. it seems like you're starting to get more political with your comedy. Do you feel like with everything that's going on right now, is this going to be informing your comedy from here on out? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I feel like an artist, we are the, we are the tellers of time. You know, we tell exactly how the temperature of the political stance is happening. And we, I like to try to find some funny within the pain. That's just how I always dealt with it. Even coming through <clears throat> how I was raised, like sickle cell anemia, anxiety, depression, emotional abuse, you know, as a kid. So it's just like laughter has always been my way of expressing myself and healing. And if I can give healing to other people, I mean, that's amazing, too, because we all need to heal together at the end of the day. I, I really hate how we're not talking about the psychological term of it, like hurt people or hurting people. So like, I feel like comedians and comedy writers, we are mm. people who probably are hurt within ourselves, but we are using our art form to heal people and give them laughter, give them a relief, release from this pain that we keep experiencing every day. So yeah, yeah, I, that's a good I, point. Hurt hurt people either become <clears throat> comics or they become cops, <laughs> and I guess that's, that's <laughs> the two options. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they become comics or cops. We we can't have that. You can't have a fucking hurt person with a gun. That's that's all that is out no. there. We have to get <laughs> cops to start doing open mics. <laughs> Put open mic in the, in the in the police station. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Talking about the time we're in, how insanely frustrating is it to not be able to go into a club oh, right yeah. now? All like, right. What is that like? It's, you know what? Okay, so for me, it's been different because I have been performing on Zoom. I did. I am one of those comics that like, you know what? This shit works. It's not, if stand-up is heroin, Zoom is morphine. You dig? So... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the morphine. <laughs> so, yeah, just and it's just like this where I hear you. I say something. I just have to wait for the Wi-Fi to get it. You hear it. Right. And then it comes right Slight back. Delay. Yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a t- like a t- like, yo, shout out to technology. Like, I'm just glad yeah. Verizon, AT&T are not racist because they could just turn off all our Wi-Fi. And then that's it. Oh, man, you're right. <laughs> they can just, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, oh, why are you giving them ideas? Yeah, all right, my bad. Yeah, right? Don't want to, don't want the white supremacy to hear this. Like, yeah. who's the owner we'll of Verizon? We'll edit that out. Shut it down. Yeah, edit that one out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this um, out of my living room called the Comedy Trap House. I was doing like little headline shows and I had comics perform. And uh, I would just tell my, go on Eventbrite, send a link and, you know, do like an hour show. And what do you hear back? Like, how many people did you um, allow a certain amount of audience microphones up? Or how does that 20, work? 21. About 21 to okay. 22 people. You can hear their laughs, man. It's like digitized laugh. Like, ah, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's, like, it's like performing for termer, ter, the Terminator. Robots. Yeah, yeah. robots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's wild. So I, yeah. So what, what, what day was that? That was May twenty. May 23rd, I, I recorded an album on Zoom. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So it's going to come out. We're in post-production right now because the thing about Zoom is good, I guess. You can record every participant's audio track by itself, and the WAV file is not it's kind of healthy. So me and my label, we were like, hey, let's try this shit. And plus, I'm just like, I'm bored. I, I, just, right. I just need to, I need an outlet. 
So I was yeah. I was one of the comics that was like gun ho with Zoom, and I would tell other comics like it's you can do your act. You know, I, I had a mic. I don't have my mic here today, but I had a, right. a directional mic, and I would stand mm-hmm. up, and I would have the laptop in front of me, and I would just perform. It came out cool, man. It came out cool. I'm ex- wow. I'm excited to put it together. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. that's very impressive. Yeah, I'm really excited to like promote that and let you guys let you guys hear it, let the world hear it. And it's basically a time capsule album to where, like, remember, this was a thing like we know Black Lives Matter is happening right now. We are protesting. We are getting that message out. And the pandemic is still happening. Hopefully the curve doesn't go back up. But there was a time where we were just stuck in the house for three months and no bars, no restaurant, no comedy clubs. And I feel like it's always just like you guys are doing this podcast through Zoom. It's like I feel like artists, we just we adapt to our environment. Like, look, these are the tools. Here's a hammer. Yeah. And I still need validation somehow. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, somehow. But, but you get it. Even if I'm alone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like with Zoom, you get the validation. Just like you just said that joke and I heard it. I laughed. That that's it. That's all. That's all. See, you laughing right now. That's yeah. all the fuck. You, I, I try to tell other comics like, yeah. cause you know, you know, comics are. They're, they're like, I hell no. I uh, I will wait to the clubs. I am not doing nothing. I'm I'm not a right. influencer. Fuck. I'm not TikTok. I'm not dancing. No. Right. Right. <laughs> like, not a do. You know, adapt to it. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But don't hate on it or don't get bitter about it. You mentioned something earlier. I was fascinated by. You said you worked three different types of comedy clubs, which is really versatile and really impressive. And I was wondering yeah, what that was like. You said you did all alternative comedy rooms. You did conventional New York comedy rooms the, like the comic strip. But then you said there was the, the black uh, clubs, the chitlin the black clubs. Yeah. The black yeah. Clubs, yeah. Do you have a favorite or do you, or are they all, do you like, well, yeah, and you have different sets for all, each one. I right. mean, that's you, like, we've talked a little bit about that code switching yeah. with other comics, but, I, I love, all right, so what it is is that it, it makes me sharper because with, with my people, black people, we do not have the privilege for you to stand there and take your time with a joke. Look, look, nigga, I got a babysitter. I ain't got, I got bills. I came here for a good fucking time. I ain't come here for you to just try some Shakespeare bullshit. Right. Now with white people, white people do have the privilege because it's like, look, you know, life is good. I'm great, man. Bills is fine. We own the world, blah, blah, blah. And I can go up there. It was either this or or Ira Glass. Exactly. (laughs) So I want to go up there and talk about how Monique could be a person that I want to start a farm with. And you guys are like, oh, okay. What the hell is that about? Right? And it can I'm gonna bomb. follow this. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll follow this. It can bomb. And you're like, right. all right. And then when you leave, you're still like, that was a cool show. Black people are just like, nah, man. If I'm not <laughs> laughing, I'm just going like they don't boo no more. They just like that that's such a stereotype. Boo, fuck you. It's like right, 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 right. now they're more just like they'll look at you. They'll give you, they'll give you, they'll give you a lot of time to be like, look, you better hurry up and get out of here. That's it. Right. So uh, a blank a blank stare is almost worse. Oh than a my <laughs> lord! It's, that's why I tell oh, people brutal. silence, brutal. and then and the thing about Ugh. black people, you see their eyes. Their eyes are like, look. Ugh. Their eyes say just like like um like your mama giving just like, look. You better hurry up and do that. Fuck. You better get the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Their eyes say that, and it's just like, all like, right. I'm me. not mad. I'm just disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> what if they exchange? A, they stare at you and then exchange a look with someone else at their table. It's like, oh god. And there'll be that one brave brother, like after a while, just like, all right, man, boo, or, all right, hurry up, get out of here. There's that. So right. I say all that to say that it's, I go to the alt rooms and I go to the clubs to where, like, try to figure out a joke. I throw up on the stage, not literally throw up, blah, right. blah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this premise is, but let me figure it out, blah, blah, boom. And then once it gets sharp enough, then that's when I go to the black rooms. And then it's just like, here it is. And then once you get them to laugh, or like my mom, or people that I, or even my best friend, he's Jamaican, and Jamaicans don't laugh at shit. But if he laughs, <laughs> it's like, all right, it's ready. So now I have the confidence. Oh, wow. So that's, I guess that's my secret, and if people listen to us, that's fine, do it. Use white audiences to practice, because that's what they're there for. They're like, look, man, go do what you want to do. Like, yeah, you know what our life is, you know what our privilege is, and there's nothing wrong with that, but use it to your advantage discover your fucking voice and then go to the black rooms and then see if that shit is actually funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> because you that's great advice because, that is great advice because in the white rooms you don't want to get that le- uh, not code switch but there is the opposites of like I could kill in the white room because I'm black. I could just raise my voice like, shit, motherfucker, nigga, shit. Right. See? Hey, right. See, you're already laughing. Right, Y'all already right, right. laughing. I know. <laughs> right? I know. But if I do that in the black <laughs> room, they're like, why are you screaming? What's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you doing? We can hear you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Mike, we, we, we hear you fine. Why do you keep saying the N-word? Okay. Right. What are you talking about? And I see white okay. comics, the opposite where the white comics are trying to be... Um, They'll be smart and uber and like niche in the white room. And they're like, all right, whatever, dude. And in the black room, they're like, oh, shit, this, this kid crazy, man. He talk about like he talking about his dick. Wow. Like, I ain't never hear him talk about that shit. It's <laughs> you'll have a white comic that'll do great in the black room because a black audience will give him a moment. Like, go ahead, white boy. Go ahead, right. white girl. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Talk your shit. Cut him a little slack. Ex- up top. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like people don't see that type that that so I I noticed that and you can use it to your advantage to like sharpen. So that's what I do. That's- when you said you run stuff by your mom too, is she a good audience for you? If I don't run it by her, but if she'll come to a show, like if I'm doing an album recording or stuff like that. My mom is how can I say this? I, if, if you guys had that type of parent, they don't understand what we do, how it works. They don't get it. They, they're, they're like, yeah. they came up in that generation <laughs> of like, right. go, go to work, you get an education, you get a job, and then you shut the fuck right. up. That's it. Right. <laughs> like, no mom, I want to be an artist. I want to be a stand-up. I don't know how to help you with that. Like, how are you going to get insurance? You have sickle cell. I don't, you're going to die. You're not going to yeah. make it. Like, you know? So right. she... Well, and they don't see like... Tr- Twitter retweets as a currency. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, you know, they see the, S, you know, the type of parents like, why don't you just go on SNL? Like, yeah, mom, I'll just walk up there. Yeah, yeah. Just take your resume. I, I, I'll knock on the door. <laughs> so, so is she like, when is this 14 year experiment going to wind up? Uh, is she still kind of like waiting you out a little bit? She gets it and she's happy right. that I'm doing it, but I don't feel she accepts me or love me for exactly what I'm doing. Like actual right. respect. I think it's just something like, well, he's he's surviving because she'll still ask me like, hey, do you need money? Like, mom, I'm I'm thirty, I'm thirty seven, I'm fine. I I, <laughs> I I I was on Colin, I was on a couple of things, and I have yeah. money. All right, well, if you need if you need money, just let me know. Like, I'm grown, nigga. Like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm stop stop working. I'm a full time stand up, and I think she doesn't yeah. still get that. So there's, you know, she came to the album like came. She she pressed the link. And came to the Zoom. Right, right. And, you know, she said, like, hey, yeah, very funny. And, you know, people, my friends tell me that you're funny. And it's 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 just that. <laughs> It'll be that. And it's just like, all right. It's, I, I, I'll take it for what I can get. Yeah. That's very common. I, I'm almost suspicious of people are like, yeah, my parents, you know, since I was six, were really supportive. It's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's a trust fund kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Come on. I guess maybe just child actors. They're, they're they're the ones like their parents are like in the trenches with them. Like, yeah, they're great. I know what they can do. But yeah, my, no, my mom is um, old school like that. Where a lot of black parents are like, yeah, we're we're in this system of get an education, get a job, get insurance, follow the rules, right. and then retire and die. Like it's so mundane. <laughs> it's so boring. It sounds great. And millennials, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, millennials and and younger, we're just like, no, man, we we we're trying. We're not about money. We're trying to do things that make us happy every day. Because I think it's mental health is much more better than actual what's in your bank account. Finding other ways besides capitalism, maybe. <laughs> that is not. Yeah, that's not taught in schools, Mike. It's not taught like, hey, find something that makes you happy. Then try mm-hmm. to figure out how to make right. money off of it. Or money will come. It eventually will come. But just try to find something that makes you happy. What do you want to do? Because it's not that many options out here at all. Right. <laughs> it's up to your parents to. You, you don't learn that in school unless you take philosophy and cop, you know, mm-hmm. and you're much older by then. Yeah, you can. Well, and it is a good point that, I mean, there are barriers to entry because you have to be able to survive for a while without making much money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being an artist, like, it's not something that everyone can do because you don't get paid for a long time. Yeah. Like you might not get paid for the first 10 years of doing stand up. Yeah. And so that really limits who's able to even get in the game. Yes. Yep. 
And you mentioned you're paying student loans. Like that's yeah. what? Yeah. That's no way to start your, you know what I mean? Exactly. Come out of the, the shoot at 20 or 22 and it's. Mike, you, you, you come out the gate down $500,000. You come out the gate $500,000. Go. <laughs> I don't see why we can't just say, I mean, it's not even real money. Like just make it go. Yeah. Away. It's straight <laughs> monopoly money. Like, all right, I pay it you, is. I pay you $20,000. And what? What does that go to? Just you? Right. Yeah. Just you, Sally Mae? That's it? Like, you don't build yeah. another, I don't know, community? Do you pump it back into the community? Do you give more? Do you give scholarships? No. <laughs> you, you know, it's um, it's just like the banks, like lenders. They, I wish we were like the, the modern, mature minds that were born in the 1919. Then we could have set it up better. <laughs> <laughs> for people because it, all it is is these big banks and these big ass wealthy white people who are like yeah you know tell me what's your credit score uh all right here's 500 go ahead it's just like no like why can't it be in a way where like just dissolve money and just make it a way where like everybody should get an education everybody should be smart and everybody should contribute to what we can do to make society better why is that so hard oh greed okay i get it yeah <laughs> fuck <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if people really wanted to start everybody off on a, you know, more even footing, yeah, that's what we would do. Of course. But we're not. We're It's always the analogy of, like, some people are starting one foot from the finish line and other people are starting, like, back in the parking lot. Classic economics, yeah. man. You know, we came here as yeah. fucking slaves just to work and we're the type, we're the slaves that say, like, hey, you know, we don't want to do this anymore. This is wrong. <laughs> we're out. I mean, there's yeah. still a slave mentality, <laughs> even to this day of like people having to fight for minimum wage. Like, why am I fighting you for minimum wage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I can't live off of this McDonald's. Look, all right, a quarter. Shit, you want a quarter more? Even then, I can't live off of that. I have kids. I have I have rent. I have insurance. I have a car. I have to travel. But, oh, God. But then I won't have money from my island. I mean, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the demands are so... It's just like, please stop killing black people. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that's another thing within the zone, of course. But, and I, I just love this, that how... Now white people are on board and see exactly what we're seeing. Thank you. It's like now, now we're in this I, together. I know we're very late to the party. I, hey, I think, <laughs> I think one fact Thank that you. everyone I've talked to is stunned by, including myself, was how much of every city's budget goes to police. That, yes. like you just see the pie chart yes, and it's more than 50%. It's like, wait, what? Like that's something yes. I have to tell you I never thought about. At all. Exactly. And, and and I and I just want to be like, I'm glad. Thank you for having me. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad for you guys waking up. And don't ever feel guilty about that bullshit. Just know, welcome to the party. And we're happy you're here. And join the fight. Because you got to remember, like, cops are evil like that. Because they are, they, became, they came from evil. They used to have to, like, catch slaves. Catch mm -hmm. the ones that were free. And even the ones that were free, sell them back to slavery. That was the police force in the beginning and then they just graduated to who they are right now of like yeah you know we're upholding the law and making people that look just like y'all to make you feel like well that person broke the law it's like all right well yeah maybe he broke the law but you don't need to snap his fucking neck <laughs> to, to let him get right. the point to not do that and also prisons are not even should be a form of re to rehab you know rebuild the person to put them back into society but no, once they're right. in there, you are their property. And it's just a form of slavery. Slavery just turned right into the prison system. We're so yeah. happy you guys are joining now to see like this isn't right. Because even if a person does commit a, a crime, that is a person that looks and bleeds and smells and loves just like you. And that's just basic human rights. That's and the, the other part of it is, uh, you know, our country's went insane in a different way after 9-11 where it's, you know, everyone's freaking out about terrorists. And then all this money, this military money is pouring into like I remember after yeah, Ferguson, buying tanks for learning about all that. Force. But but <laughs> when you when you have all that firepower and you accumulate it, you tend to want to use it. You know, it's like having toys yep. and it's like and I think that also adds to a total us versus them 
mentality across the board yeah. where yeah, the second- my, my parents live in a sleepy little suburb and they had protests last weekend that got dispersed with tear gas and the police came out in riot gear. Yeah. Like I, I know it was unnecessary, but I know they were just like, we've got, we've got all this riot gear. We haven't gotten to wear it. Exactly. Yet. They, and, I want, yes. I want to, I want everyone to see me in my cool America shirt. America not start a yeah. war with China because America owes too much fucking money to them. And also they're probably scanning yeah. the virus. <laughs> so, so it's like, all right, let's start a war with it. Because what a war does is like, we can use the stuff we have and we can mm-hmm. burn it down and rebuild it up. Because we have the money to rebuild it and take out small businesses, take out uh, everything, the resources that middle class and lower class need. And that's why right now we're starting to, the message has started like, hey, look, let's protest, but not riot and loot because that will give them excuse to break this down, like fuck up mom and pop shop and then put up another target. So now you have these huge corporations who these are the only conglomerates. Like, look at the look at the pandemic. All we could go to is Walmart, Target and the grocery store and back home. Like, yeah, you know, you know what? The stock market is going up and it's all for all these companies that are profiting from the pandemic Mm -hmm. and from the lockdown. And you have so many people like you and me who have um, have a nice grocery store, who have like organic food, who have their own garden or like who have other resources of entertainment, but they're being crushed by corporations because of the competition. And like, like the, like this quote I saw on the gram, like the system isn't broken is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And that's what we need to fix. Get rid of that system. Yeah. Because it's not bringing you, well, it's not bringing you, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, Congress, oh, Congress is going to pass laws. And it's like what I'm encouraged by is how local the upset is on a local level. And I think everyone's kind of looking at their local situation, their local police force. Yes. Yeah, and where they are- live and going, OK, how do we change the dynamic? Yes. Here. And I think that scale finally starting to. Figure out right who their scale. city council member is. Yes. Yes. The number in their phone. Yes. Yeah. So it's waking, yeah. it's waking white people up to to challenge their own system. Don't go out off of what other white people are saying. If this yeah. person died or got killed by a cop, why is he not convicted? Why does he have better rights than the person on the floor? Why? This is not what you're saying it is. And it's so good where people like you guys are like challenging it and saying this isn't right. And if it's not right, we're going to burn this motherfucker down or we got to do something like keep that. Right. I need to speak to your manager energy forever. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Yes. All right, Mike. Keep Listen, that I'm, shit forever. I know. Harnessing I, my I've inner always Karen. been afraid yeah. to ask for the manager. That's my uh, across the board. Well, Mike, you will find know, your way of protest. They, You'll yeah. find your way. Of, everybody has their own way of comfortable <laughs> protest. Uh, can I yeah. can I say one thing? I mean, we're talking about police mm-hmm. and we our producer sent us a clip of you talking about police. And, you know, hey, if they shoot someone, they go out on a paid administrative leave. leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, why did I have that yeah. when I worked at uh, Boston Market? Boston Market. And I, <laughs> I laughed. That is so funny. And at the same time, that is something I've never thought about, which is like, oh, yeah. They just kind of like, OK, you're going to work at a desk for a while, yeah. you know, and. Where did you do that? Was that on the show? Or? It's on Comedy, Comedy Central. I did Comedy Central Comedy featuring. Central. Mm-hmm. That was in February of this year. But I've been working on that joke, yeah, the, yeah like a year and a half before, oh, just man. like figuring it out and saying it. And, you yes. know, it's one of those bits of like, yeah, I just want to express like what's happening here, you know? Yeah. And I always felt it before. It's good that it's starting to get a little like recognition now, but I always felt it before of like, when you say that joke, white people laugh like, ah, yeah, cops kill you. Right. But, you know, you probably right, right. you probably did something to deserve it anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, but now it's like, no, with this uprising, like my nigga, it's bad. <laughs> like they killing people that look just like me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy you guys are at the party. Like it's actually not. Funny. It's not. Yeah, it's exact. This yeah. is the only way. But that's what comedy is, man. Like comedy yeah. is like, hey, let's laugh at this because right. it keeps us from crying. Because if, if we're not laughing, then what the fuck are we doing? We're crying. And, and I don't want to cry. I want to laugh. I want to laugh. So it's like getting the change. And, and, and the protests are going to go on for a long time. And the government and local government, shit, we, we're, start, we're starting to know what mayors actually do. Like, right. you know, because politics, there is this, they are a salesman of the land. 
which yeah. is like a it's a crazy ass job title. Like vote for me. Why? So I can yeah. still get paid, it, motherfucker. Like <laughs> that's why. <laughs> well, and even and even liberal mayors like in New York and L.A. Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, liberals are realizing like it's not enough to just vote sort of down the line. Yes. Well, I think down the all, ticket. Also, liberal, you know, liberal mayors talk a good game in terms of mm-hmm. social stuff. But then also there's the reality of the unions oh, that they're man. beholden to. And a big one has always been the police unions. So. Yeah, so those unions are the gangs that are more dangerous than the Crips and the Bloods. And, and you know, you also have media which betrays, which tells you what you, what you need to know, but not what you want to know. I think some Crips are, are still dangerous. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm of sorry. Of course. I'm, I'm not going to say go go uh, go walk in the neighborhood with, with, the, with the opposite color or even their color <laughs> and say and, and go plant your tomato <laughs> garden. I'm sorry. I would like to see the Sweeney Cats. There's a more dangerous gang out there that are legalized. I'm pro blood, anti Crip. <laughs> Matter of fact, the yeah. Crips, that was, that was different history too because the Crips and the Bloods were a gang who were there like. They were like basically originating from the Black Panthers where they were protecting their own community against the police. Then what the police yeah. did was put them against each other and drugs. Bam. That was a whole th- that was a whole facade that made the attention get off of the police and just put it on them. Like the Crips and the Bloods in the beginning in the 70s were just a bunch of brothers and sisters who came together like, look, we have to defend our community because the cops keep coming in here, killing us planting drugs and then leaving and nobody's getting any justice. So that's, that's where the issues are not even being focused on the, the origin story. Cause you hear blood, you hear Crips gang killing drive by. Nah, but if you know their origin story, yeah. they were just like the black Panthers in the beginning of, we are here to protect Compton or we are here to protect LA because we are not going to be brutalized by these police officers any longer. Yeah, which from, you know, today's lens makes a lot of sense. It's just the media has done such a good job of inundating us with images oh, of man. violence that it's totally changed our perspective. Yeah, I, I like my new media outlet now. It's Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, um, I was going <laughs> to say, where do you get all your news? Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter. Yeah, because th- those are, we are real people posting what's actually happening and having video. And it's tagged with a person from a profile and you see their mm-hmm. profile. They're legit. Where you have TV where, you know, my parents are probably your parents, like whatever Fox or ABC or CNN says, it's on TV. It must be, it must be the truth. Right. It's like, yeah, but they also can be lying. Matter of fact, they are. <laughs> so, right. because you, you can't see the logistics and you can't challenge it. So it's, it's great to have resources within Twitter, the Twitter community, the Instagram community, not too much Facebook because that can be manipulated, but Facebook is for boomers. You're you're taking away the editor, you know, on TV, there's, there's some, there's a group of people processing everything that comes in and deciding what you're going to see. That's right. You can challenge a tweet because the tweet is right there. That person said it. Right. And now it's like, all right, then you see the comments, like here's the resources and you can see the, the, the footnotes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. where, where, you know, like you guys work at Quonin where he does a bit, but you know, he does, people don't know in the world that there's writers, there's producers, there's so many people gathering that information and putting it out there. And it's a whole team with Twitter. It's just one fucking person is, or, or one account. That's like, this is what's happening. Here's a video. Here's yeah. So it's, there's nothing fake about that. Well, Nori, we have to wrap up with you, oh, okay. but this has been a great conversation. <laughs> and I don't want the conversation around this to end, so we'll have to have you back to keep talking more. But We'd how can people find your Zoom special? Oh, uh, well, it didn't drop yet, but keep following me on Instagram. I'll announce there when okay. it's ready. Okay. Uh, at Nori Davis, N-O-R-E-D-A-V-I-S. And um, great. yeah, sign up to my mailing list and hit me on Instagram or Twitter. And that's it, man. And I have other albums to woke. Uh, home game and away game on Spotify and Apple Music. Thank you guys for right, having me. Yeah. Thank you for uplifting. Thanks so uh, much. Thank you so this much. Thank this you was for, really great. Thank you for just. I, I mean, I'm. Thank you for being awake to what's happening here and uplifting, amplifying Black voices. Now, don't feel guilty. 
for that. Like, oh man, I feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. Just welcome to the party and let's get to work. Yeah. That's it. Yep. No, guilt. We don't have time for guilt. I don't have no time for guilt. I'm just, (laughs) I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. Thank you. I feel guilty about a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) You can keep doing that. That's fine. (laughs) But yeah, I know the comedy world has a long way to go still too. So hopefully you can keep helping us open our eyes to some of, of the, course, man, our, the blind spots. We are the culture. We are the ones. We are the architects. We are the people who tell everybody like, this is how it is, but we, but we place it in a cake. And so people are like, that's a nice cake. <laughs> yeah. And then they bite into that. Oh, is that police brutality? Yes. There's glass in this. <laughs> yes. There's glass. <laughs> exactly. Yes. There's glass. Yeah. There's a bullet in there. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Thank you guys. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nori Davis. Stay safe. Bye, Nori. You too. Well, that was awesome. Thanks to Nori Davis for being here. Thank you, Nori Davis. That was a great interview. I really learned a lot from it. I really am going to stop talking now. (laughs) (laughs) That could go for all white people, I think. I know. I'm so self-conscious talking. Uh, So that's our show for this week. And we hope you'll tune in next week. Thank you for listening. We like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Jen Samples. Engineered and mixed by Will Becton. Supervising producers are Kevin Bartelt and Aaron Blayard. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.